Dude, your inner DJ came out when you made that. That is true. My inner DJ came out when making that recording for the After Sunday discussion. Thank you all for joining us today. This is episode two of the After Sunday discussion where Josh and I talk about whatever is on our minds after Sunday. So we do want to say Merry Christmas to all of those of you who are tuning in. We actually are recording this after Christmas has occurred. And just want to say Merry Christmas to each and every one of you and hope that you enjoyed it. And we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about our Christmases, starting off with my favorite, Josh in the whole entire world, Josh (laughs) Fousey. Josh, how was your Christmas? It was great. I loved it. I got to spend a lot of time with family, which was really nice. My dad came in town. My sister was here. So it was good. It was good. Yeah. The dog really enjoyed it, though. Why'd the dog enjoy it? My, it's my sister's dog. His name is Mosby. He's a German Shepherd. Loved the thing to death, even though it annoys the crap out of me. But my sister splurged and bought him, like, 30 toys. And it wasn't that many toys. She bought him a lot of toys. And she put them... In one big bag with tissue paper and everything and did the whole Christmas thing. And he stuck his snout in the bag and pulled one toy out, got super excited and left. <laughs> and my sister's like, Mosby, come back, come back, there's more. And he come back, he'd stick his nose in the bag again, pull out one more toy and then leave. <laughs> and then he realized, oh my goodness, the entire bottom of this bag is just full of stuff for me. And he was, all he wanted to do was play for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's fun. That's really fun. I had a similar experience, but with my children, not my dog. Um, We had a fantastic Christmas here. We actually had guests in from out of town. My sister-in-law and her son came in and joined us for Christmas this year. It was a lot of fun. So uh, my nephew is actually only two months older than my oldest son, Leo, and... The boys just had a blast running around and playing together. So for those of you who don't know, I have a four-year-old son, a three-year-old son, and an 11-month-old daughter. So our house is nuts, and just having another one in the mix made it a little more nuts. But they had a whole lot of fun. The kids loved opening their gifts. They loved playing with the toys. They loved playing with each other. And it was a great day. We spent time with family. We spent time with one another, and then at the end of Christmas Day at around 8 o'clock, we all sat on the couch in silence, and it was a moment of peace, which was really, really nice. And also I had the opportunity this past weekend, I did a wedding on the 23rd. For somebody very close to you. Yeah, I officiated a wedding for my stepsister, Sarah. So congratulations to Sarah and Matt on your guys' marriage. It was a wonderful wedding. Was so thankful to be part of the day. And I love winter weddings. That's one thing I really enjoy. Really? Yeah, I think they're a, f- a blast to be to, to be at. I like, see for me, I like dressing up and I like putting on the suit and the tie. And it's a lot less miserable when it's not scorching hot outside. Yeah. Like <laughs> most weddings I would are agree in the with summer. You on that. Yeah. And when it's really hot out and you've got your suit and your tie on... It's just, whoo, it's hot. I feel like every wedding I go to in May is like 90 degrees. <laughs> Getting the luck of the draw there. I know. Hottest May day and in June. May. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that but, you enjoyed your Christmas, but, Josh. Yeah. But we didn't just get to Christmas just 
Simply, did you have any funny shopping stories or anything like that about Christmas? There's always got to be one, right? You're, you're coaxing this. I hate shopping for Christmas. It's like my biggest pet peeve. I came home. So Sunday, great example, Sunday. I went to church, had a great time at church. Went Christmas shopping afterwards and came home and was so mad for the rest of the day. I just, I worked retail for three years and Christmas just was always the most stressful time of the year because retail is retail. I mean, and I don't know if it's just post-traumatic stress from that. No. <laughs> we should probably cut that out. That was a little insensitive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Retail's not that bad. But um, but it's just I, most of the time with the people I shop for, it's either you know exactly what you're getting them because they told you what they want or you have no idea what to get them. And you're just like, uh, <laughs> so for me, if I know what you want, I will go, I will find it in the store. I will pick it out of the shelf, pay for it and leave. That's it. No looking around, nothing. But if you don't tell me what you want, you're making it super stressful for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just know like this year I went on a budget. Like I said, this is how much I'm going to spend for each person. And I went shopping with my sister. And every person we were shopping for would be like, no, but I think they're going to get us a gift that's going to be a little bit nicer. We should buy them something else. And you're just like, dude, you're blowing my budget right out of the water. Like, this is not good. <laughs> I don't know. Shopping, sh Christmas shopping for me is not very fun experience. I will say I did find the closest Disney store, and I did like that, though. Yeah. Because Disney stores always want. Disney stores are tough to find these days mm -hmm. in Northeast Ohio. I can say that I have, I guess it's a decent shopping uh -oh. story. When I was shopping for my wife, I knew one thing that I wanted to get her, and I was pretty sure on the other thing I was going to get her. And so I had decided I was going to get her a new perfume. She really likes this Jimmy Choo perfume that she hasn't had in a couple years. And so it was time to reload, and I love the perfume as well. I think it smells great on my wife, and so I wanted to buy this perfume. However, I kind of put my Christmas shopping off for Hosanna because I knew what I wanted to get her, and so I waited until Sunday, this okay. past Sunday, the 23rd, where I was also doing the wedding that day. So I was like, I'm going to leave a little bit early, because I had to be at the... Um, you didn't show up to the wedding late, did you? No, I wasn't late to the wedding. I was. I left, so I had to be there at 3.30. And I decided that I was going to... No, I'm sorry, I had to be there at 4. I had to be there at 4, so I decided I was going to leave at 1.30. So I had about an hour and 30 minutes... To, to really give myself huge leeway in getting to where I Did you know be. what store carried it? Yes. Okay. But just listen to this. So I, I left my house and I hadn't eaten lunch. And I was like, I'm going to stop and get some lunch at McDonald's, right? A fast food restaurant. I figured it would be fast because it's McDonald's. However, 
about a thousand people decided that shopping on the 23rd, another, a good place to stop would be McDonald's or any other fast food restaurant in Strongsville. And so for, so for those of you who haven't um, heard us say on our discussion before where Josh and I live, Strongsville, it's a it's a 25 square mile city. It's not very big, but it's pretty populated. And around Christmas time, this is where everybody comes to shop. So it's one of four places in our county that people come to shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, it feels like everyone comes here to <laughs> shop because when everyone's shopping, you can't go anywhere. I, that's the thing is like city planning wise, there's only one intersection around the mall and it just gets super crowded. It's it crazy. So I leave at 1.30 from my house. I have plenty of time to get to where I have to go. And then I stop. I get myself some McDonald's. I was at McDonald's for like a half an hour. It was crazy. And I didn't even get a complicated meal. I got like a plain double cheeseburger and a cup of coffee. And and that was it. But there was just a ton of people there. And so that took forever. And then I drove over to Ulta Beauty because I knew they carried the perfume and it took me, I kid you not, to go from McDonald's to the Ulta Beauty store, which is maybe, maybe at most a mile and a quarter. Yeah, that's pushing it. It took me about 20 minutes just to get there. Just it was standstill everywhere. We're talking about moving up, maybe like five cars worth at red lights, and it was crazy. So I get there, and I, I, you know, I go through the line, and by the time I got out of there, it was a decent line there. I hardly had any time left, and the last gift I was going to get, huh? So I got her the perfume. The last gift I was going to get her is I saw that Costco was carrying some of those Apple AirPods, and. They were like they were way cheaper than what they normally are. They were like one thirty nine, and they're originally like two hundred bucks or right. some crazy number like that. And so I was like, I'm not gonna risk it. You can't risk going no. to Costco. I mean, I, no. I I looked over at the parking lot because I could see it from Ulta Beauty. I was like, mm, can't do no. it. No way. It wasn't gonna happen. And when I left. Um, Ulta Beauty. I ended up getting to where I had to be about 15 minutes earlier than I was supposed to be there. But but that's just how long yeah. it took me to get one gift on the 23rd. It was crazy. And then I ended up finding out that Costco was out of the AirPods. So I was like, well, well, we'll forget the AirPods because I had recalibrated and thought, well, my wife with the kids around the house probably isn't going to put headphones in that much. So I ended up getting her a nice Bose Bluetooth speaker instead but man, I just couldn't believe the traffic. It was insane. You, you know something? I will say, pick up at store though, when you order online, there were some ridiculous deals. Like my sister got a very nice Christmas gift from my mother. Um, my sister's really into cake cake baking and cake decorating. So a KitchenAid mixer is really a must. She just got into it like maybe six months ago. And she's really good, in my opinion. So my mom said, I'm going to spoil her and get her this mixer. She found a $600 mixer on BestBuy.com for $199. And, and she's like, okay, let's order it. And we're on there. It's like, okay, we can either pick it up in the store. It'll be ready within 48 hours. Or we can ship it. And it'll be here like maybe on the 24th. Order pickup at store. It was ready in 10 minutes. 
you literally walk in the front door, go to the counter on your right hand. Like, it's directly there on the right. They pull it off the shelf for you, hand it to you, and you leave. <laughs> There's no line or anything. It's the greatest thing in the world. But I, that's something that we kept on finding was they had this. It was the same product that was in the store. But you were saving 20%, 30% just by doing pickup at store. I haven't seen that yet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll definitely have to at start At least for doing Christmas. That. But I know we did that at Target, and it was almost it was the same thing. It was like there was a sale online, and you just went to the store, and it was there, and it was ready for you. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And I know for for me, uh, Christmas too. Uh, it was it was we had a nice worship service. Did you have a nice worship service at your church for Christmas? Christmas, so Sunday, I went to Sunday. I didn't go to okay. Christmas Eve. Okay. So uh, Sunday was nice. Um, our church, they gave everybody Christmas cards okay. with bags of candy. And then they did the normal, like, Christmas music. And then afterwards, we all went over to one of the pastor's houses and had a little lunch kind of thing. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, hopefully you all had a great Christmas and you guys have some great memories to reflect on and some funny things to laugh about. And at this point in our podcast, we have to get to our food review, which is going to be happening each and every After Sunday discussion. We cannot promise that we're going to have a strict schedule of how we do things on the ASD, Mm -hmm. but we will be having a snack review each and every time. On the after Sunday discussion, it might be one sided though. <laughs> I will I will say that I might not be partaking. <laughs> and this this snack review that we are having this week is for the great fruit by the foot made by the one and only Betty Crocker. And so today we we popped open this box of fruit by the foot. What flavor do we have there, Josh? We have berry tie dye. We have berry tie dye. Color by the foot. And color by the foot. So those are definitely not real flavors. And the nutrition facts, I have not looked over for the fruit by the foot. They're not terrible. But I'm going to go over my experience here. So fruit by the foot has been a favorite of mine for a long time. And I really enjoy it. And as a kid, I loved them. But we didn't really have them in the house much. And whenever we did, I just would plow through these things. And my favorite way to eat fruit by the foot is just to unroll the whole thing and just eat it all in one go. Crumple it up in a ball, eat it all in one go. And so I ate one like that, and then I ate one the way where you'd kind of take a little bite at a time, unrolling it. And I'm going to say the way to go with these is to crumble it all up and just eat it all at one time. It's like having a massive fruit snack in your mouth. It's just, it tastes fantastic. tastes really good. It gets stuck in your teeth, so make sure to use a toothpick or uh, brush your teeth afterwards. But they taste great. They're super duper yummy. They're only 80 calories each. Only 80 calories each, so you're not really taking in a lot of calories. No. I'm sure that they're not good for you or healthy. absolutely not. And they're produced with genetic engineering. Uh, they're produced Thank you, with, General Mills. They're produced with gen- genetic engineering. So if you're a non-GMO type of person, avoid these. Yes. But they do taste fantastic. It and is gluten-free, though. <laughs> they're gluten-free. But I have never once had a fruit by the foot that I didn't enjoy. I will say we just downed nine of these in like 
what, an hour and a half? <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is actually future Josh and future Cody here. We had to take a break from recording in the middle of that episode right after the snack review because my children got sick right at it that moment. It was bad. It was bad. It was pretty rough. It consumed our household for the better part of a week. And so I apologize that we are getting ASD after Sunday discussion episode two up so late. But in this episode, it's going to be special because we were able to say Merry Christmas and tell our Christmas stories, as well as we have the opportunity to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to everyone. And now we're going to get to the point within the After Sunday discussion where we are talking about our main topic, which is that of the state of Star Wars. So if you guys are not Star Wars fans, you're not interested in it whatsoever, I will say this before we get started. Josh and I are going to discuss how Star Wars impacts media in general, how it's impacted modern media, how it has an influence on past media. So I think there's going to be things that are worth sticking around for here and listening to. But if you don't have any interest in Star Wars and you want to drop off, you can. But I would really encourage you to listen to it because we're going to have a fun discussion here. So with that being said... December has come and gone, and for the first time since Disney made Force Awakens, we have not had a Star Wars movie this Christmas season. Personally, I think that's okay. What do you think, Josh? I think it's a great thing for Star Wars. Me too. Giving them a little bit of time to recover. The Last Jedi, the last Star Wars movie that came out, for those of you who don't know, was not received as well by some fans as I think Disney would have hoped for. What do you think, Josh? What would you say about that? I, I think I think Disney wanted it to succeed. It was successful. Let's be honest. Money-wise, yeah. Money-wise, it was a successful movie. Um, however, I think... And this is my opinion of the fan base. They took a great movie, a fun movie to watch, and they nitpicked it. And, like, Star Wars fans are great, but they can be their own worst enemy in a lot of cases. I agree. I think Star Wars fans can be their own worst enemy. Now, to give you guys a little bit of an example of our own fandom. I am a decent Star Wars fan. I like the movies. I've seen them all. I've watched a little bit of Clone Wars. I have not read any of the books. I've read a couple of the comic books. So I would say that I've seen more Star Wars stuff than the average person. I loved playing games as a kid and playing with the toys as a kid. I loved the Star Wars stuff. I loved the Star Wars universe. But for me, it was always something that I saw as like, it was a fun thing. Star Wars was synonymous with fun for me. I was never a guy who became a super fan. My super fandom was more dedicated to The Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth uh, by J.R.R. Tolkien, all that stuff. I love that. But I would say out of the two of us, Josh is the bigger Star Wars fan. Slightly. I mean, I spent middle school primarily at our local library reading Star Wars comics and 
a couple stuff, a couple books along with watching all of the movies. And I haven't seen the new, the, I haven't seen rebels or the resistance, but I've watched all of clone wars. Um, and I've seen all the star Wars movies to date. So, yep. So we've both seen all the star Wars and for me, I am a huge fan of the originals. Really loved them. That was my, those were my sick day movies as a kid. I remember whenever I stayed home sick from school, I wanted to watch Star Wars and I wanted to watch all of them. New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I would just plow through them in a sick day and it made the day better for me. It was a great sick day movie because they're fun, they're entertaining. The visual effects, at least for a kid in the 90s, held up decently well. Until the prequels came out and then the the visual effects there kind of made me go, oh my goodness, this is insane. Uh, But even now, those have not aged extremely well either. No, no. I think think a movie that's going to age extremely well is Rogue One. I think Rogue One will, just because they didn't use a lot of CGI. Yeah, they didn't use a lot of CGI and it's hard for me to really wrap my head around that ever being a bad-looking movie, which who knows? I mean, I don't know what's going to come in the next 10, 15, 20 years, but it's hard for me to ever imagine that not being a mm-hmm. fantastic-looking movie. But, Josh, what from your memory, what was your first experience with Star Wars? And obviously you grew up as a kid enjoying Star Wars. What's kind of your memory of that? Actually, Star Wars wasn't allowed in our house for a long time. Um, I remember my, my, my earliest memory of watching any Star Wars, I was at a friend's house in elementary school and I vaguely remember that opening sequence from Return of the Jedi with the droids. And then there was nothing cause we, we kind of, kind of sheltered, um, kind of restricted, but it wasn't until middle school that I watched the original trilogy. So, I mean, I I love the trilogies, the original trilogy. I I grew up with the prequels coming out, and I remember I remember watching the Phantom Menace at my cousin's house and just being floored by it at the time. I watch it now, and I still like the movie. I enjoy the movie. I just the the one character just makes me cringe <laughs> i used to think he was hilarious too as a kid you think jar jar binks is the funniest thing in the world <laughs> yeah and before we go any further if you haven't seen any star wars movies or there's any that you're planning on seeing that you haven't seen yet we are going to be talking about spoilers in this discussion so we are going to be full of spoilers so if you haven't seen every star wars movie We are going to be talking about spoilers. Uh, For the newer ones, maybe we'll just give a quick reminder of spoiler warning for Last Jedi, Solo. Uh, Probably just those two, though, because those have been out in the last year. But uh, we are going to be talking about spoilers. Uh, So with with that, kind of adding to my own memories of Star Wars, I mentioned quickly it was my sick day movie. And then I was in late elementary school, middle school, when... Um, the prequel trilogy came out. And I remember thinking to myself as I watched those as a kid that I finally got to see really cool lightsaber battles. 
And yes. that, that is all that mattered to me. Now, watching them as an adult and paying attention to the acting and the directing, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? But, but as a kid, Yoda that didn't Dooku matter. in Attack of the Clones. That's all that mattered. And and that is my memory of Star Wars, right? Is that I grew up with it. I love the original trilogy. My favorite part of the original trilogy was Luke Skywalker taking out all those guys on Jabba's uh, mm-hmm. hovercraft. And that battle scene was was my favorite part of Star Wars. And I grew up being like, Return of the Jedi is just the best. And now as an adult, I'm like, uh, no, it's totally <laughs> Empire. Return of the Jedi might... Might be weaker than. See, I love the Wampa. <laughs> the Wampa in yeah, five was my favorite. Yeah, yeah that... <laughs> he's only there for like ten seconds, but whatever. <laughs> no, I. But you also got to remember, we grew up too with. Do you remember when Battlefront came out? The original PlayStation Two. Oh Battlefront. yeah, man! I was a freshman in high school. I played the mess out of that game. Oh my goodness! And then when Battlefront Two came out, that just completely changed the ball game because I, like. And that's the other. That's the thing. I, I think Star Wars for me is very nostalgic because I hung out with friends playing the video games, watching the movies, um, and like the, the I do have the nostalgia with that. And but I I don't know when it comes to how Disney's dealing with it. I do like the fact that they've they've kind of with the with the current canon. They've kind of focused what is actual Star Wars and what is legends if you want to use their term um i think it it does make it a lot less contradictory than what the original universe looked like yeah and for those who might not be totally familiar with this stuff uh there was lots and lots of comics and books and extra material made outside of the films with no oversight yeah with no oversight george luke is kind of just greenlit the imagination of people and that that's also another thing that made star wars special Mm -hmm. and your most serious of star wars fans were familiar with that stuff at books and comics and lore and all these things and those are super important to really really dedicated star wars fans and then disney purchases lucasfilms and they say all of that stuff is not canon that is legend or that is mythology. And from from that point, I'm not sure how the average fan felt who was really into that type of stuff. But if I was into that kind of stuff and it mattered to me, I'd feel a little bit like a punch in the gut. You know, like, man, I spent decades of my life pouring over these books and now Disney's going to change the whole story. But in... In Disney's defense, they've they have really pulled in the best, in my opinion, of the Legends content, and they're making it canon. They're taking the stuff that actually makes sense, and they're bringing it into the the Star Wars universe as they as they're creating it. Um, but at the same time, I think that's one of the reasons why, like that whole Legends canon thing, is why. Last Jedi and Solo didn't really get the fans excited. Well, not not to say excited, but the the reason why they got a lot of backlash for those two movies was because here you have in Legends 
continuity. Um, like Luke Skywalker was just completely different than how he was portrayed in Last Jedi. Last Jedi spoilers coming up. Um, where after like he was super involved with taking down the rest of the Empire, building the New Republic, building the Jedi Order back to for to what it was, training new people, um, and then fighting. There's another sect of bad guys from outside the galaxy called the Yuzang Vaughn. When they come, he he's involved in that storyline. I'm pretty sure. I might have to double check that. But um, but like here you have this hero that's continuing the fight, trying to make things better. And in canon, he after Endor, he's not really in the fight. He doesn't partake in the Battle of Jakku. And he just I mean, he just goes and he um, just searches for relics, and then he tries a Jedi to build the Jedi Order up, fails, and then becomes a hermit on an island that nobody can find him on. And it's very different from here's a guy who he spends the rest of his life fighting the good fight to here's a guy who he starts it, fails, and then goes into hiding. And it's a very different character. Yeah, and so just to kind of wrap up kind of previously what I was saying from from my perspective I grew up loving Star Wars Star Wars was always cool it was always fun but I didn't have this attachment to it to where I had expectations right. going into the sequel trilogy I was just curious to see where they were going to take it and that's kind of where we lead to we come into the last Jedi discussion you have a film franchise that is historical that is known by everybody if you haven't seen Star Wars, you at least know about it. Star Wars is known throughout the whole entire world, and there are fans who are passionate. There are fans who love this. There are fans who spent their life on discussion boards and forums and all these sorts of interactivity over Star Wars. They love it. There's a lot of passion there. And so you're going to have expectations because the lore of Star Wars is not something that was just done in a movie and then a prequel trilogy. It was done through books and other media and Christmas specials and No, we're comics. not talking about the Christmas special. <laughs> that was, and that's the, that's the important thing about Star Wars is you only get to scratch the surface of the universe by watching the movies. You have to really, if you want to really know Star Wars, there are books, there are comics, there are TV shows. It's it's an expanded universe that is extremely deep. Even like with the movies, they come out with novel, compa- companion novels to the movies. And it covers everything the movie did, but it's just in such more, such detail that you actually get to figure out, you get to see what characters were thinking when scenes were going on and stuff that they didn't have time to put in the film. Yeah, yeah, those those are cool. I've read a couple of the novelizations of the prequel trilogy, but you have these expectations and things that were to be met, and Luke Skywalker was seen a certain way mm-hmm. by fans. and He was seen a certain way by Mark Hamill, who he plays was, him. Yeah, and so to see that... Luke Skywalker becomes this super cynical, washed-up Jedi 
who goes into solitude, who has no interest in the Force. I think from the marketing of The Last Jedi, there was a lot of people who viewed it as, oh, there's potential there. There could be there could be a really deep story there. And then with the way it was executed, the really passionate Star Wars community that really care about this series, this world, this lore, who've made it their their favorite franchise were like, what in the world? I just watched Luke Skywalker milk a space cow and drink it straight up and do this weird grin. What's going on with this? And and Luke doesn't even clash lightsabers with the villain in Actually, the movie. If the Last Jedi, not a single lightsaber clashes with another lightsaber the entire film. Which I think, <laughs> from a, an artistic and film standpoint, that's a unique and right. an interesting thing. But that's probably not what a hardcore Star Wars right. fan wants. So, uh, for me, for me, I will give my opinion on The Last Jedi. It was a movie that I thought was good. I thought The Last Jedi was good. After watching it more than once, every time I've watched it since, I've thought it was less good than when I first saw it. I, th- I think there is the the hype factor that comes into your first viewing. But I think from a cinematography standpoint, from a special effects standpoint, from even, even a dialogue standpoint, now there's weak dialogue within the movie, but Star Wars is just synonymous with weak dialogue. Uh, I actually thought it was a step up from The Force Awakens. I thought it was actually better than most in the franchise. Uh, But I think the way in which it handled the characters was kind of strange. I thought Luke was handled in a strange way. I thought Finn was handled in a strange way. I did not like what they did with Finn. Separating Finn and Rey to do the the Finn and Rose plot was... But separating Finn and Poe. Like, here you got these guys that were Force Awakens set them up to be, like, these buddies that you root for. And then have Finn spend, what, 30? It was more than 30 minutes. Just separated from everybody else in this very social justice narrative kind of frustrated me. And even people who who loves the social justice stuff and all that are saying, okay, it was too far in Star Wars. And... And for me, this is something that's important when we're talking about Star Wars. Right now, as a Star Wars fan, I am disappointed with the fact that there's not a male lead character who you can look at in the current situation of the sequel trilogy and say, like, that's a, that's a strong male lead who boys should get excited about having an action figure for. There's not a single there's not a single male lead, right? Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker is a bum. Finn is portrayed to just be a doofus. And Poe is, well, he's just, you know, he doesn't take orders from anybody. Right. When in reality, all they had to do is tell the guy, like, hey, we got a plan. Why don't why don't you actually come help us out, Poe? Right. Because people listen to you. Right. And it's just like from a 
from a standpoint as, as a fan who grew up loving Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Lando Calrissian and every single male character in that, you look at it and you're like, man, this is so cool. And, and Chewbacca. And, I mean, and the reality is like they've kind of retconned a lot of what was like what the original trilogy set up for these main characters, at least the old guard, because you see Han who in, in the force awakens, instead of being a dad who fights for his family, when the things got tough, he just left. And I mean, granted there are, it, it even gets even deeper in the extended universe of star Wars and the extended canon outside of the books. I'm outside of the movies where you start like, why isn't Leia in the Republic Senate? Like, there's a reason why. Um, and it gets really in-depth and really deep, and they do talk about a lot of serious issues. Um, but, I f- like, being... With the movies being their main platform, I just, like... It just frustrated me watching Last Jedi. Because Star Wars has never been a franchise that blatantly says what it's trying to say. Yes. <laughs> I mean that's that's one of the reasons I know a lot of people are really mad at the movie is like you look at like like the prequel trilogy like they're talking about like government manipulation slavery big issues but they let the story tell you what it's the what the movie's trying to say and where the last jedi was very much like pointing it out and in the dialogue they're telling you the message that the movie's trying to portray and a lot of people got really frustrated with that, where it's like, we're smart enough to figure it out on our own. You don't have to actually literally connect the dots for us. Yeah, and and that was what was frustrating about the, the movie, too, was the whole Finn and Rose dynamic was it was not subtle enough, and some of the concepts were stupid. Um, when they're riding through the the city in those animals and you know finn has his closing line right and he's like oh man that we might get in trouble for this but that was all worth it right you end you, you end that dialogue there right but no they gotta make the the character rose go over and take the saddle off the animal and then throw it on the ground or whatever and you know, be like oh, you're free to the wild now and be like oh, now it's worth it and it's like oh man that that was lame like that line was lame and and how do you how do you watch through that in the editing room and be like Ryan Johnson you you sure you want to keep that in there like how how, how do you not say that and have that conversation but you know at the end of the day Star Wars is a family film Star Wars is a children's friendly franchise even though it's PG-13 they only do that because of the violence but they know kids are going to those movies. And so I guess maybe just trying to be real basic with it. And I don't know. But I don't want to bash Last Jedi too much. Because there's plenty of Last Jedi bashing out there. And I think it's a decent it's a decent movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, there's highlights for sure. And I don't feel like it's fair to bash Last <coughs> Jedi if we haven't seen Episode Nine, Because if Disney, which I'm assuming that they're doing this... They've planned out the trilogy before they even started filming the trilogy. They know the story that they're trying to say tell. And they know the big elements that they want to portray in it. And 
oh, like, we don't know the ending. Just like the people who watched um, Empire Strikes Back, they, they saw the ending of that movie, and they're like, we don't know what's going on after this. That's true. <laughs> but, too, also, what you mentioned about Disney knowing the big picture, uh, I do actually bring that into question because I know for sure what was done in The Last Jedi was probably not envisioned by the person who set up the movie, J.J. Abrams. You know, you watch Force Awakens and then you watch Last Jedi and you can tell once you find out that those two movies were made by two different directors and two different writers, it's like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, that's true. <laughs> like, like there is there's definitely conflicting continuity. And anyone who's familiar with J.J. Abrams, anything knows he loves his mystery boxes and, and loves that type of stuff. And if he would have directed The Last Jedi or whatever the sequel would have been called with him on the project, that is not that is not how things would have been handled. There, there's no way. In fact, there probably would have been more mystery boxes at the end of that movie because that's probably. just how he is. Yeah. But. But, it, you know, I think that was a big frustration for people, too, when you find out that every setup in the first film was just kind of like, uh, oh, it's not a big deal. Ah, not a big deal. Not a big deal. And it was expectation subversion, but, I mean, would that be the right phrase? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it just wasn't handled right. And I will agree with everybody who's bashing the movie for that because, I mean... Let me let me just clarify something though is like something that Star Wars does and does frequently is they take very small lines and they they build on them like really small lines and one one commentator that I was listening to the other day said um, there's a line in in Phantom Menace episode 1 where Qui-Gon Jinn says there's always a bigger fish and um, and kind of like you expect one thing but you you then find out, and you see this a lot in Star Wars, where it's like, oh, here's the big baddie, okay? But then you find out there's a bigger baddie behind him, okay? And, I mean, you look at the original trilogy, you have Darth Vader and, and A New Hope, and then you find out there's an emperor in Stri- Empire Strikes Back. And then in the prequels, you think, okay, the, the, the Trade Federations are the bad guys. Well, no, they're being played by the, this this Darth Sidious. But then the Jedi think Count Dooku's the big baddie, and then they find out that there's a the Master, and and you kind of see that in the Clone Wars TV show a little bit, where Dooku's always he has an apprentice, so they always think like Dooku's the Master, and and they do that, and a lot of people have been saying like, well. With, with the whole Snoke controversy that Last Jedi brought around, it's like, what if Snoke isn't the big baddie? What if there's someone bigger behind the scenes that we don't know about yet? And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Episode Nine. I've heard a lot of theories about Episode Nine, but until next, what is it, next Christmas? This Christmas, this, at this well, point, yeah. Christmas 2019. Yeah, until, until the movie comes out, we're not going to know. Yeah, and so if you didn't like The Last Jedi, I am not going to criticize you for not liking that movie because I think there's a lot of not likable things about the movie. Uh, But I will also say that from a film standpoint, from a movie-going standpoint, if you're not a Star Wars fan and not attached to the films as much as some people are, I do think that there's viable reasons to say, like, hey, that movie was pretty good. I do. I I really think it. 
My guess is if you like your typical Marvel movie, you would probably like The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Which for me, Josh, I don't know about you, but I actually, thinking about it more, I actually do think I liked Force Awakens better than The Last Jedi. And I know there's people out there who hate Force Awakens, and I know it's just a reimagining of Episode Four, but at the same time, it was a fun, fast-paced, and... You know, kind of enjoyable film to watch from my perspective. I, I did like the pacing in Force Awakens a lot better than Last Jedi. I think Last Jedi was a little too slow. And it was, there were a lot of parts where it was just like, really, you did it this way? I mean, but at the same time, they're both entertaining. And that's that's what a movie essentially is. It's entertainment. And it's fiction. And it... They're, Disney, being the owners of Star Wars, are going to make the story the way they want it. And there's really nothing we can do about it. It's either, I mean, you choose to consume it or not. And most people are going to watch Star Wars. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. So what I think is also important, right? We know that people are going to go see Star Wars for the time being. But we have talked about how much does the Star Wars brand matter? Do your kids have Star Wars toys at home? Are the Legos selling well? And also with that is what is selling well? Is it the new stuff or is it the old stuff? Because I think for me as a dad, if I go to the store and I buy my kid something for Star Wars, I'm going to look at the stuff and I'm going to be like, nah, Poe, He's kind of lame. Finn, he's kind of lame. My kids, they love stormtroopers. I'll buy him a stormtrooper. Kylo Ren, he's kind of cool. He's got that cool lightsaber. My kids would probably like playing with Kylo Ren. I have boys, so they have no interest in having a Ray. And if you think that that's bad, that my kids have no interest in playing with girl action figures, I, I have no control over it. They just don't. <laughs> Um, and uh, what I would be willing to buy in is is like okay do they got Obi-Wan do they have Luke Skywalker do they have I I would even buy my kids like a Mace Windu doll or Lando Calrissian Han Solo these characters who I go and I'm like okay these are the cool Star Wars characters I'm just I've struggled to see that with the sequel trilogy right now is who really wants to, like even a fan, like say you're a fan and you got an office, who really wants to put Finn and Poe and Ray on their desk at work, you know, like little figurines or whatever? Probably not a lot of people. Just because I think these characters have been handled in not as good a way as Leia, Luke, and Han were. I mean, I would even say from a female character perspective, Princess Leia in the original Star Wars trilogy is one of the better handled female characters, especially of her era. Uh, that in all of cinema. Yeah, that you're going to see in movies. Yeah. I think the big issue Disney's going to have to deal with is overall brand management when it comes to just their licenses. Because, yeah, the Lego like Lego's pretty consistent Okay, with how they handle their pro- the properties that they have licenses to. Um, they do a very good job with those. But when you get into like the video games, like Battlefront 2 and Battlefront had a ton of backlash. And Cody and I 
can get into a discussion on how frustrated we are with the the playlist <laughs> on Battlefront Two. But you have you have um, Fantasy Flight Games having board games coming out. Star Wars. You have a lot of like Marvels handling their comics. There's just a lot of stuff that's going on, and quality wise, one can make the argument it's not consistent. They're doing a better job than what Lucas Arts did before Disney bought them out. But still, I mean, there have been some major flops. And with the release schedule for this upcoming year, I mean, people there are a lot of things people are looking forward to. Um mostly episode nine. They got a new Thrawn book coming out. Um, they got a couple comic books that people are getting excited about. Uh and I mean, but other than that, everybody's kind of just walking on a tightrope on is this really gonna turn out well i mean um and that's where disney makes most of their money is their licensed stuff when it comes to the toys and the the licenses when it comes to their products yeah and just from my experience i don't know about you josh but we'll just say water cooler conversations right now are about Infinity War 2, or what's it called now? Endgame. Yeah. The last Avengers movie. That's what's happening at the water cooler. And it could be because it's coming out first, but no one is talking about episode nine. No. Nobody. No. And that's that's not good. I'll just say that. As being a final movie in a trilogy that is coming out this year, mm-hmm. and the fact that most people who are average people would rather talk about Marvel right now is is scary yeah. because because Star Wars is the quote unquote bigger name but right now Disney's bigger franchises MCU's. is definitely Marvel as far as success and reception goes. Yeah. So I think the other thing too is like Avengers Endgame just had that teaser drop which people tore that apart the moment it came out where I mean, we're not, we're probably not going to get anything Star Wars related until, was that the big Star Wars event that they're going to do in Chicago this year? I can't remember what it is. Um, there's a name for it. They did it two years ago. Uh, but I mean, that's when everybody's expecting them to drop the trailer for episode nine, or at least a teaser. Um, I know they're talking a time jump. It's going to be further in the future than what? Last Jedi was to The Force Awakens. But it's it's just been interesting to see how where Disney's doing a very good job of managing their Marvel properties. I kind of feel like their LucasArts d- division isn't hasn't been doing as well. Now, granted, there's a lot of content coming out this year. Um, and they're opening that new park at Disneyland. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, okay. I saw that a while ago. That seems like it's going to be cool, but it's opening this year. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's supposed to be different than any other part of their park. It's supposed to be a, an immersive experience. But I don't know. I just... Star Wars is a cash cow, and Disney's going to milk it for all it's worth. Now, in order to milk it, they have to be able to do a good job with it. Yeah, and that's I think where episode nine is super important. Uh, it's got it's got to be really good. It has to be. Well, or, and 
it has to close out the Skywalker story. Yeah, I agree. Of course, it's got to close out the story, and it's got to do it in a good way. I think Episode Eight, Last Jedi, it, it left a lot of people like, I don't even know if I want to watch these movies anymore. It, it, like, at least mm-hmm. from, from people who really, really care. No, um, if Disney did a really good job, and they tied up every loose end in Last Jedi, do you think the movie would be easier to watch? The Last Jedi? If uh, you knew what the punchline was. Maybe, the way I see it is this is the joke and we're waiting on the punchline. Maybe some things. There are certain things that I think that are done in The Last Jedi that you just you can't really undo. I don't think you can undo um, Luke's... Uh, what would you call it? Luke's disposition throughout the whole Last Jedi movie. I, I think that forever people who are frustrated with that are going to remain frustrated with that because... You, with the, even if you close out episode nine really well, what you basically said was out of the last 15 or so years of Luke Skywalker's life, it was wasted. Wasted. And there are just people that that's just not going to fly with. And I understand, you know, it could be somewhat of a realistic take, right? Because mm-hmm. there are just some people who have their highlights in life and then just like, pew, you know, yeah. go straight down. But the problem, I think even Mark Hamill said this, was that that just wasn't the character of Luke. He was always the optimist. He was always going to push through. And that was the leader that the Rebellion needed. Mm-hmm. And what Star Wars, I think, did was instead of carrying that through with Luke, they carried it through with Leia. Yeah. And they could have very well, well have done it with both. They kind of did, but then they didn't. Because if you read, there's a... There's a book out right now. I don't know the name of it. But um, the storyline in there is Leia's helped build this new republic. She's they, But it's become bureaucratic like the old republic did, was. So they create a position called the first senator. And Leia runs for it. And someone finds out that she's Darth Vader's daughter. And they kind of... They, they put it out there during the election. And she completely gets... Just demolished. She's thrown out of the Senate. She's thrown out of public view. She's been warning everybody about Snoke, but no, in the First Order, but no one will listen to her now. That's why she starts the resistance with her rebellion friends. And and it's kind of like here's here's someone who like just because of the like, and it's a it's a kind of an adult plot if you think about it, where it's like here's someone who's trying their best to do these great things. But just because of where they came from and the something that they could not control, people kind of turn their back on. Which I appreciate something like that and a storyline like that. But I don't know. I, I you can tell Disney's done with the Skywalkers. Yeah, you can you can definitely tell that they have tried. They they set it up in the last Jedi, basically saying like you know the past is over. And well, the future is is here and coming. Have you seen that, Mark? So Mark Hamill made a comment about how Last Jedi was handled, and he, it, I you can look up the cl- the clip on YouTube, but he he it's it's just this table talk at a conference, um, and and he goes, I told Johnson that you got to give the the uh, audience what they want you got to give them the story that they want and 
and he replied back to him and said, no, we're going to give him the story we want. And I think that's kind of the approach that that's very different from how it was managed before, where you had J.J. Abrams, who was very much a Star Wars fan at heart. He loves the series. He wanted to do a good job with the series, and he wanted to give a story that people wanted to watch. That's why I think The Force Awakens is so very reminiscent of A New Hope. But then there's the naysayers, right, who said Mm -hmm. it was too much like A New Hope. Yeah, but it really wasn't. I mean, yeah, the big super weapon was. But I I think Han and Rey's relationship was a little bit different than Obi-Wan and... Um, and Luke's yeah, because it was kind of it was kind of opposite where Ray knew everything about Han and from these legends that she heard, where Luke knew nothing. He just knew the Clone Wars happened and that was it. Like, but I don't know. It's it's all. I mean, Disney's come out and said they they they're going to do another trilogy, and it's going to have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Um, they got the Mandalorian coming out on the Disney, what is it, Disney Plus is the... Man, I hope that's good. Um, I mean, <laughs> just the director being Jon Favreau and the idea being like the bounty hunter mm-hmm. to su- su- succeed after Boba Fett. It seems like a really cool idea. I just hope it's good. But I have a feeling it's going to be very reminiscent of Solo. Kind of a Western-like movie or, or TV show. But it's John Favreau, man. I mean, that yeah. guy. That guy is the the brainchild behind mm. Iron Man. I know. Uh, I think. I, know. I think we've got we've got something going there. Now, what do you think about it only being available on Disney Plus? Oh, total marketing. <laughs> I mean, that that's just this day and age, man. I mean, it's that's a total different discussion but it is frustrating that it could only be done on disney plus now if they have it as something that's purchasable mm-hmm. um to to own or something like that would be for those who might not want to have another subscription because that's all we have anymore is subscriptions but like you mentioned about ryan johnson and mark hamill's discussion about the movie they were going to make. I understand as a creative making the movie you want to make, but at the end of the day, just because you own the franchise financially doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have some type of fan pleasing that goes on in the movie. And where I can say the Last Jedi is kind of disappointing is that it just does the opposite. It doesn't service its fans in the right ways. There's some fan service mm-hmm. in there, but it also disservices its fans in all the wrong ways. Um, just the Snoke thing, the Ray's parents thing, all that stuff, I thought was just kind of like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, that wasn't no, that wasn't what people wanted. There were people who spent their $10 on their movie ticket because they wanted those answers. Right. And when those were the answers they got, there's a lot of people who were like, what the heck? That was dumb. Did you see the theory about Ray's parents, though, in Solo, the movie? No. They think that... Uh, I, I was res- Someone made a very good argument that Solo revealed Ray's parents. Because... 
there were what what were they described as in Last Jedi? Thieves. Mm. Poppers. Scavengers and yeah. Um, and then what was it? And then when when Ray meets Han, what does he? What does she call him? She doesn't say the Republic hero. She calls him the smuggler. Right. <laughs> and and the argument was like, who could Ray's mom be? It could be Kira from. That's her name, right? I, I might be pronouncing yeah. it wrong. It could be her from Solo because she would no, have known Han not as a Republic, as a re, rebellion hero, but as a smuggler. Right. And and been and raised her up knowing these stories and. I mean, the guy who played Solo Han in Solo signed on for two other movies, so they they're talking about making it a trilogy, which would be interesting. So, in order for so they're saying it could be Han and Kira's child. No, it could be Kira's child with another father, but okay. she told she she taught Ray about Han. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious where they're going to take that. And kind of at this point, I think we should probably talk about Solo, a movie that didn't do as well in the box office no. as they wanted it to do. It did not get good. It got. It actually has really good reviews on Rotten Tomato I, when I went and checked it. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, what, in the 60s? No, it was higher than that. Um, and, and I think that, and I, I've told this to Josh numerous times, and, and this is for our audience here, that I think Han Solo, as a movie, as a heist film, is actually pretty good. I just wish Han Solo wasn't the main character. Yeah. And I think they they did some things with continuity to Han's character that I was like, eh, come on now. You, you tried to make him into... So you made him into this guy who's always been good at heart, right? He's always been good at heart, and he does a good thing by the end of Solo. And then he becomes a scoundrel. And then he becomes the rebellion hero, right? As as the original trilogy goes. But then he becomes a scumbag when he was always good at heart, right? The guy who couldn't stay with his family, but yet he was always good at heart. Like, you know what I mean? This is mm-hmm. something where I thought you kind of fumbled there. I, I think from the beginning, if you would have stuck with he was kind of always a scoundrel, the fact that he grew up the way he did, what? why would you expect anything else? would have done better for the continuity of his character um, because I actually think there's elements of the movie that are, are really cool. I liked seeing a heist film set in the Star Wars universe with mm-hmm. smugglers and and robbing trains and the Western influence that is there. Didn't really like the ending, um, just mainly because I thought how they decided to just make Han so easily side with those uh, scavengers or whatever they were, pirates, uh, and then insinuate that those were like your first rebellion people was, it was like, come on, this is too much for, (laughs) this is too much for one movie. Just, I, I, and I think that's because I'm comparing it to Rogue One, which I think is Disney's best Star Wars film. And, uh, and probably one of the better Star Wars films, period. But I thought that, you know, it was a good movie. I know a lot of people were, you know, head over heels for uh, Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian, which I thought he did a good job with the character. But, I mean, it it 
you know, it, it would I I would have been fine with <laughs> with anybody playing the kind of charming uh, smuggler, but. I thought the movie was good. I thought it would have been more interesting if they would have introduced either new characters or, or just a different different mm-hmm. character. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't think we needed a Han Solo origin story. That's all I'm yeah. saying. It wasn't necessary, and I think, I think they they kind of like they did take a lot from Legend. They took something things from Legends when they made Solo, um, and they took what I think was the better stuff, but. Going on your comment of just his character development, like, it did really throw it out of whack. Because here you had, when A New Hope came out, when it was very much, here's a guy who could care less. He's only in it for the money. And you created a character, like, then you then you go through the trilogy and here's a guy who actually starts to care. About something bigger than himself. And then Force Awakens come out, comes out and here you have a guy who just for reasons that weren't explained in the movies left to abandon his family. Hasn't seen his wife forever. Okay. Um, granted, it's a traumatic event of your son going to the dark side. But then you come back to Solo and kind of your point of like Here's a guy who was only in it for the money that wasn't really only in it for the money and kind of like subverted what his original motivations were. Yeah. It's almost as if if you take Solo, well, Solo is canon. Mm -hmm. So you're really looking at a character who devolved and then re-evolved and then devolved. Right. And it's, it's up and down character development that is, I guess, in a film in a book in a in a story you can do whatever you want but it's really unrealistic that's just not Mm. how people are right um but you know i thought it was a decent movie it was passable i think it was definitely a sign though the amount of money that it made it was a sign that people did not like the last jedi as much as rotten tomato says or (laughs) as much as the dollars say because it performed good it i mean you look at the numbers i think it was what in like the 600 millions or something like Mm -hmm. that 700 millions that's still a lot of money guys that's a ton of money but at the same time uh it was not it was not what they projected and it wasn't it wasn't close to rogue one it was far from last jedi it was far from the force awakens so it just kind of shows that the fan dedication to just the Star Wars brand is going down. Even though still making a lot of money, uh, the fan dedication to the Star Wars brand is going down. And I thought Solo was a passable movie. I thought Mm -hmm. that it was a movie that was decently enjoyable. But then again, hardcore Star Wars fans, I think are going to have serious issues with it. Well, I, I have a major issue with how Disney handled just Solo because it's very much set up to be a trilogy. And I think that's what they originally wanted. It, it, the ending itself with, spoiler alert, um, Darth Maul coming back into the movies. He's been around in the Clone Wars for a while. All right? but And he's been in Rebels, which takes place after this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of set it up as like, what's going to happen next with Maul and Kira and how is Han going to have to interact with them? Like... 
I feel like they shouldn't have done that. I think they should have kind of left it out and maybe teased it in a end credit scene. Because they, the movie had such production issues. I mean, if you read a read yeah. about it and rewrites, it's like the like anyone in their right mind would have known it wasn't going to be the greatest movie of all time, and it might have undermined the trilogy. And I think that's what happened. I don't think they're going to come out with another solo movie. Yeah, and I think that they can still continue that plot with Kira and Maul without a solo mm-hmm. Han Solo film. And I kind of hope they do. I actually thought that was an interesting tease mm-hmm. because there are people there are people out there who have no idea that Darth Maul was still alive right. after Phantom Menace. Right. Tons of people because not everyone's a nerd like us. Mm-hmm. And Darth Maul, you ask anybody who is our age who saw a Star Wars film, you saw Phantom Menace and it was like, Darth Maul is the coolest Star Wars character yeah. of all time. He had the double-ended lightsaber. Mm-hmm. He had that, that uh, world renowned martial artist played him and he did all those stunts and, and stuff. And him, it just, he originally had more lines and they just cut them all out. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the non-speaking roles of Darth Maul were, were probably for the better of the character actually, because any speaking roles that were given in the prequel trilogy took away from the characters. <laughs> just, I mean, let's just be honest. The dialogue was terrible in those movies, especially, Oh man, uh, poor Natalie Portman, man. It's <laughs> just, what a terribly written character, Padme Amidala. Pat, uh, Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor. I mean, I think the person with the most memorable lines were was Liam Neeson in Qui-Gon Jinn, and that was pretty much it. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, there's some memorable lines in there. Oh, there's a lot of memorable lines, but not good lines. It's <laughs> <laughs> not for the right reasons. I, I mean, it's just, it's interesting to hear this hear the people talk about how and it, I kind of agree with them like watching this new trilogy kind of make the prequels wa- rewatchable <laughs> in some ways yeah I mean yeah. I think the prequels for what they are they were movies that were made to probably make money more than they were to expand the world and they totally expanded the world but think about how many people love the Clone Wars and without the prequel movies, there's no Clone Wars trilogy. I mean, tr- series, TV That's series. True. And yeah. even even people who hate the prequel movies, uh, Star Wars fans talk so highly of that, that show. I've oh, seen, yeah, it's great. I've seen a handful of episodes from the first and second season because my boys will watch it here at the house. And I'm just watching. I'm like, man, the writing in this show for being an animated show is like... 23-minute episodes is really it's good. It's pretty good. I mean, it's it's not going to win any awards, but it's pretty good. But the reality is, is like, if you rewatch the trilogy, they have such very deep adult themes in them. Not adult, like, bad, but, like, you're talking about, like, how governments work and motivations of individuals. And, like, you have just these big topic issues that I feel like are very relevant in the world being explained in a movie. Like what happens when you give all your power from a legislative branch to an executive branch? What does that open up? How do you, what happens when you have a corrupt government that's so bureaucratic, it can't do anything. I mean, there's some serious issues that they discuss in the prequel movies and it kind of gets all overlooked because of the dialogue. 
Yeah, and the in the directing mm-hmm. and how it's all spoken, it's it's you know it's it, you got to take it with with a grain of salt. I think if you're gonna watch those movies, you're definitely watching them for the broader expansion of the Star Wars world yeah. rather than a well written and well executed movie. I do like the theory though that the entire prequels tr- trilogy is told from R two D 2s perspective. Just because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. it kind of justifies the terrible dialogue. Like, it's a droid trying to explain human emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty funny. I've not heard that. But kind of as we've gone over the state of Star Wars, just to break it down, the original trilogy, all three of them, I really enjoy. I really like. The Return of the Jedi sometimes is is hard to get through for me without fast-forwarding some parts. <laughs> but I've seen it so many times, it's just kind of how I watch the movies now. Um, but love them. The prequel series, I will not really re-watch as often, but I will from time to time mm-hmm. pop them on, watch through them, pay less attention to them. And then there's the Disney stuff, where The Force Awakens I think is a fun movie. I really do. I think... It's a fun movie to watch. It's got its issues. Every movie does. And then Rogue One. I mean, that movie I love. That movie is... It's amazing. That movie is a a top three Star Wars movie for me. It's probably number two. Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. For for me, it's hard to to give it the edge over the original Star Wars. Uh, For me, Empire's at the top of the list. It's just that... It's the best done movie in the series. I know that it's the fan favorite for the most part, uh, but I it is say, just so well done. I will say I do have one issue with Rogue One, and it's the ending. <laughs> what part about the ending? The Tantive for escaping the battle, just because it makes Princess Leia's first lines just completely ridiculous. Because Darth Vader is like... Like, she's saying, I'm on a diplomatic mission, and he literally, in Rogue One, watches the ship fly away. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Darth Vader, he's just playing along. And, I mean, uh, I mean there's so many issues with Star Wars, right? If, if Luke and Leia are really Darth Vader's children, which, from the first Star Wars, I don't think that was necessarily no. planned. No. But if they were really his children, how do you not have a Force connection with your children right. and things like that? But right. There's issues, but Rogue One was fantastic. I still would say that that is Disney's best Star Wars movie. Um, And then going to Last Jedi. Last Jedi, when I first saw it, I was like, man, they they really took some risks there. They did some good things there. But I think a lot of my excitement was hype just to see where the series went. But then as I've watched it more from an objective standpoint, it's got just some major flaws but I will say this: the highlight reel of the Last Jedi, if you cut out all the stuff that's frustrating, is really good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's most movies, though, right? <laughs> so the highlight reel of Last Jedi is pretty good, and then there's Han Solo, which I think is is just a is a very okay movie. I think it's good. It's entertaining. It's probably not one I'll rewatch a lot, um, but I do like I like the appeal. Uh, not appeal, but the the take on a space western because I feel like a lot of that is is what the original trilogy of Star Wars is. A lot of western influence in the original trilogy of Star Wars, and I liked how they just totally openly did that with yeah. Han Solo, and it worked well in that case. And so then we have coming up 
episode nine, and I'm really hoping it's good. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and hope that it fails or that Disney screws it up, but I'm hoping it's really good, and I hope that it can get get longtime Star Wars fans excited about the movies again. Cause it's so it's so disappointing. Like the lifelong Star Wars fans who are like, oh man, like this just stinks. Now, if you're saying it ruined your childhood, you've gone too far. You need to rethink your life and really calm down. But if you're just like really disappointed because these were movies you loved and it's like, dude, they just totally screwed it up. I don't even want to watch them anymore. Well, that's disappointing. And and for you, I, I feel I feel bad because it's it's it stinks. You know, it's like a, a beloved series yeah. and you just can't connect with it because to be honest, they're no longer making the movies for you. Yeah. I, I think that's that's an important thing to understand too, is like we we're nostalgic for the prequels a lot of times, even though we agree they're not objectively at, that good um but we we get very nostalgic about it because that's what we grew up when they were we grew up when they were coming out and the generation before us of star wars fans very nostalgic of the original trilogy because that's what they grew up watching and i guarantee you this generation of star wars fans are going to be very nostalgic of this trilogy and that that's kind of how it goes um but the one thing i will say i'm very not concerned, but I'm, I'm, I'm being very cautious about my optimism for the Star Wars future. Just because, like, there's some things that I really want to get excited about. Um, Fallen Jedi Fallen Order, the video game they announced, the single-player game that... Who thought single-player games were back? I mean, um, like, that... Like, I want to be excited by it, but when I realize EA's putting it on, I kind of get... Cautious. For the record, I love single player games. So do Just I. Just throwing it so out. So do there. I. I mean, <laughs> we're not knocking single player games. I, that's most of it, what I play. <laughs> but in a in a in a market where it's all PvP, first person shooters or third person shooters, like to have a single player story based game that's Star Wars related, I I, I get really excited because I. I really liked Knights of the Old Republic. I liked Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Um, I thought Force Unleashed 2 was very short, but I mean, like they're they're great games because they do expand the universe and they do tell a story that's separate from the movies. Um, but they can be very engaging and very well done. And I just like this is kind of going back to license management. Like EA didn't in my opinion, did not do a good job with the Battlefront series. Um, so I don't, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be too optimistic about Jedi Fallen Order. But then at the same time, like you go to the comics and the books, like they just, they just finished up a Darth Vader series that was phenomenal. Got a little weird by the end, but it was still phenomenal. Like it actually opened up. Uh, we it would take too long to get into it, but like, like Kylo Ren actually could have could actually be talking to Darth Vader, like through that comic book series. There's a possibility that when he's talking to the helmet of Darth Vader, he's actually talking to Vader, which is kind of weird. Um, but that that's something that happens in this comic book series that just 
it, it actually does... The, the series itself is focused on Vader directly after Mustafar. And it's a great series to read through, and it's very well done. Um, but then they have a new Thrawn book coming out later this year, which, if you guys know anything about Rebels, they brought Thrawn in from Legends through the TV show, and then they came out with a book and kind of expanded his story and made his story canon. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this with this book, and I'm kind of excited about it. But at the same, like, those I can get really behind, but everything else, content-wise, I'm kind of cautious. Yeah, definitely caution. And this is a total out-of-nowhere question, but this has to do with the marketing. This has to do with the toy side of things. Good idea or bad idea getting rid of the mask for Kylo Ren? What do you think? Well, actually, did you see it's rumored that the mask is coming back? That's just got to be a rumor, man. I mean, I know J.J. Abrams was the man behind the mask, pun intended. Um, But I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I think a lot of people would jab a lot of jokes at it. But what's your take on the mask? I didn't like when the mask came off in Force Awakens. Very anticlimactic. Well, it was anticlimactic, and it took a lot of mystery out of the character. Like, because it came off really early in the movie. Like, how how different would that movie have been if you didn't know who Kylo Ren really was until the confrontation between him and Han Solo on the bridge? Like, because, like, think about it. You would have this this storyline of... What happened to Ben Solo? What happened to Ben Solo? Like, something happened to Ben Solo, and we we know something happened to him. But then they have the realization at the end where Han is telling... Like, Han tells... Like, it, it would have been... To me, it would have been awesome if Han was the person who told him to take off the mask. And, and us not knowing that he's Ben Solo. And then to have that scene happen would have been just a little bit... I think... More not exciting because that would be a terrible thing to say, but more like more climactic, climactic. Yeah, yeah, I actually agree with you on that. But um, personally, I think uh, from my take, I think the mask coming off was a bad thing from a toy perspective because I've got little boys, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing cooler than a masked guy to yeah. a kid. I mean, just as mm-hmm. in trying to market toys to kids of uh, Adam Driver, who I actually think is a very good actor, by oh, the way, yeah. Oh, yeah. is not... Logan Lucky. Is, Did you see him in that? No, I haven't, but that I've seen him in a couple of things. Very good actor. Um, Former uh, Marine. He's yeah. a veteran. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool <laughs> stuff. He's, he's a cool guy uh, from what I know about him. But he... He's got a he's got a very just normal face, you, you know. Like right. he's he's not like he doesn't really look like a bad guy, right? Which for for Adam Driver as a real world person, that's a good thing, right? right? <laughs> you don't want to look like a bad guy, but he doesn't have the bad guy look, and and 
anyone who knows about masks and warfare and, and looking back at the the Japanese influence of Star Wars originally and how how like you know to me I saw Darth Vader as like a space samurai right and mm-hmm. samurai would yeah, wear so masks right. and and so it's like I think you could have given a reason for Adam Driver to be wearing the mask or Kylo Ren I should say Kylo Ren to be wearing the mask and have made sense out of it and I know some of it had to be you know because people were poking fun at the mask thing I understand it because they were just trying to copy Darth Vader but, but for someone who idolizes his grandfather, that would make sense. It makes sense. It's ju- it's like taking up your your father's battle gear or grandfather's mm-hmm. battle gear, and you know I I thought they should have kept it on just from like a marketing standpoint because I gotta be honest, man, Kylo Ren. You look at all the toys lined up in the store. Kylo Ren just doesn't look as cool without the mask. I'm sorry. I think, I think one thing too is. The reason why a lot of people are saying the mask is coming back is because the Knights of Ren are supposed to be a nine. And there have been a couple concept concept art things that have been released where you see Kylo Ren with a mask on. Now, going along with that, like I I don't like what they've done with Kylo Ren's character. I think I don't like what they've done with a lot of the the First Order's main leadership. Just because, like, they, you had Snoke, who was this really interesting guy that you didn't, you don't, you know nothing about. Voiced by Andy Serkis, nonetheless, one of the most talented voice actors right. in Hollywood, who you just kill off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you you sit there and like here you have Snoke, who just because he has a general who's completely incompetent in Hawks. And an apprentice who is extremely moody and childish in Kylo Ren can't get what he wants done because he has incompetent pawns walking around. Where at least in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, the dark side always had at least competent people in some way that could get the job somewhat done up to the point where the heroes defeat them. And, like, I just, like, Ben Solo's character and Kylo Kylo Ren's character in this trilogy just frustrates me because he just seems like a moody child. And not even, like, an an older child. More of, like, a four or five-year-old. You tell him no, he just throws a fit. Because realistically, Ben Solo has got to be in his early 20s. Maybe even later 20s, like our age. Mm-hmm. People just don't act like that. No. No. And then you also have to think, he was training at the Jedi Temple, where the Jedi was being, they were being taught. I mean, if if Luke was teaching the same exact way the old Jedi taught, you control your emotions. Like, wouldn't any of that translate to him being on the dark side? Like, you had Darth Vader who, because the dark side is very much embracing your emotions, but more your rage and your anger. Where this is, there's rage, it's just not controlled whatsoever. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think I've got concerns about Kylo Ren. I would have liked for Kylo Ren and Rey to team up and then just totally have gotten annihilated by Snoke. Yeah. Um, I would have liked for something of that nature where it's like 
dark side and light side will have to work together. Going after the balance of the force in that type of way, more so than what they've done, I mean... Well, I mean, you look at Last Jedi. What's the big main theme regarding the force in that movie? Balance. It's balance. And what do they do at the end of it? They completely make it imbalanced. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, dude, you've been pushing this thing the entire movie. And, like, you can make the argument, like, the reason Luke died was to because if Snoke dies, there has to be balance, so Luke has to die. I mean, someone could make that argument. But here you have, okay, well, we're not talking about balance. We're talking about a really small force versus a really, really big force. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. One of my predictions for the next Star Wars film, Episode Nine, you have heard it here first on the After Sunday Discussion. Because J.J. Abrams, I think, had a better understanding of the Star Wars world from a character design perspective, I actually think the design of The Force Awakens, the world in The Force Awakens, is more interesting than the design of The Last Jedi. Um, I think that that broken-in-half lightsaber is going to be mashed up with Rey's staff that she used to have, and they're going to give Rey a double-ended blue lightsaber with that lightsaber crystal. And yep, yep, she's gonna forge her own. It's gonna be double ended because it's split in half and they're gonna sell toys because she's got a double ended blue lightsaber. My prediction. I don't know. I don't know. They gotta do something, man. I they they gotta I know I've talked about it a lot. They gotta do something that just makes the characters cool especially for episode nine because this is their last hurrah either they're saying they're gonna you know give up or i can see them giving her like a lightsaber pike using the blues the blue crystal but did you notice something we didn't see luke's green saber at all in last jedi and i have a feeling that's gonna play a big part when it comes to lightsaber one blue and one green and i don't know i'm just kidding (laughs) I'm kidding. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, anyway, man, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Yeah. I think we've got to wrap it up. We might have to split this episode up in two. But um, Star Wars, my final thought on this is I am not as excited as I was when The Force Awakens came out. I was really excited about the series, even after The Force Awakens, I was like, man, you know what? This this is going to be fun. We got Luke Skywalker coming next. And then Rogue One came out, and it was like, holy cow, they, they know what they're doing. And then since then, it's kind of been like, okay. All right, well, Last Jedi, that was pretty good. I walked away from it like, yeah, that was good, man. That was a good movie. And then I watched it again, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. And then I watched it a third time. I've seen that movie three times. The third time I watched it was kind of like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of problems here. So I don't know. I'm not as excited about it, but I do hope Episode Nine brings it together. Uh, I think it's got to be really good for the brand. Yeah, my last thoughts about Star Wars is I am very optimistic about the things other than the movies. <laughs> I mean, they announced Clone Wars Season 4. I'm super excited for that. 
I really want to watch it. If it's on Disney Plus only, I'm getting Disney Plus. I just want to watch that. That's funny. I, I mean, yeah, you get all the other Disney stuff, and that would be nice, too, because I still have to catch up on my Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. But when it comes to the movies and the games, I am trying to be very cautious in my expectations because you can tell that Disney wants to be done with the Skywalkers and wants to tell their own story. And thus they've announced this new trilogy. And I feel like that's going to be a lot better than the trilogy we have now. Maybe. It depends. Uh, If they continue on the SJW train... You can only deal with so much of that before it's like, oh my goodness, just another Hollywood propaganda <laughs> ad. But yeah, I, I think we'll see well, with time. I mean, do you think it was just a one-off movie though? Because if you look at Star Wars as a whole, they're very. The, it, it's pretty subtle when it comes to the SJW stuff. It is. It's just this one movie, I have a feeling. This one movie was strong, but Ryan Johnson also got greenlit for his own trilogy. Wait, he's doing the next trilogy? Yes. He got greenlit for his own trilogy, which which I'm sure with the reception of The Last Jedi, that's totally going to get pulled out from him. There's, There's no way, if Disney is smart, that they will continue on with that. And Disney, trust me, guys, is smart. They know how the to make... House of Mouse knows how to make money. They know how to make they money. They know how to get the cheese, if you want and, to say that. And I, I would not be surprised if eventually Bob Iger goes after Kathleen Kennedy and says, like, okay, we're, we're, you're, done. you're done with Star Wars. If there's another failure, I think Kathleen Kennedy is, is done with Star Wars. Because at the end of the day, she's the creative head of it, and if... If... I will say this. If Episode Nine does not do better money-wise than The Last Jedi, you got to get rid of, you, you rid of the head of the, the program and you got to re, redo it because The Last Jedi did well, but the, the third part of a trilogy historically never does worse than the second part, at least in a well-received franchise. And that's the thing that makes me sad about the... the the state of Star Wars is that if nine falls flat, you can't get rid of it. It's part of canon. It's part of the story. And it's like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it well because I mean, let's be honest. It's the legacy of Star Wars and you can't retcon an entire movie. (laughs) Yep. And so as I mentioned, we were going to be talking about things other than Star Wars. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. But one thing I will say, for franchises, for films, for books, there is potential for too much of a good thing. And the question is, has Star Wars gotten to that point? I think only time will tell. We'll see with Episode Nine. And with that, guys, this is Cody signing off. From the After Sunday discussion, just want to thank you all for listening to this very long episode that was about Star Wars and the state of it. As you can tell, Josh and I like to talk about this type of thing. Next week, we will be talking about something other than films, something other than Star Wars, and give you guys a little bit of a different discussion so you can see 
all of our multifaceted interests. Uh, Thank you so much. Hope you guys have a fantastic week, and we will see you next time on the After Sunday Discussion. Good night, everybody.